0: Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the Church RC or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thechurchrc.com. Or we'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app, available for free wherever you download your apps. And we welcome you here this morning, and we welcome everybody joining us online. Uh, we welcome you however you find us. Um, we're entering our Summer at the Church series. Uh, in this series, you'll just hear from uh, different communicators about different topics. So we're, I get the honor and the privilege of kicking off Summer at the Church. <laughs> Summer at the Church. Uh, but I want to take a moment just to introduce myself. If this is your first time here, or if you just recently started joining us, you may not know who I am. Uh, but my name is Jimmy Sai. Me and my wife are the associate pastors and the youth pastors here at the Church RC. Uh, we have two beautiful uh, little girls, uh, Lily, who is uh, two and a half, and Sophie is one and a half. And um, they are 16 months apart, so y'all pray for me, okay? <laughs> y'all pray for me. Pencil me in on your prayer list and keep me in your prayers until further notice. I'll let you know when you can take me off. Until then, just leave me, leave me off. God, God sent us Sophie to let us know we were done. So he knew, he said, Sophie, let me know my capacity is at two. So I've reached my capacity. Thank you, God, for allowing me to know two is enough for me. But I also want before I dive in, I want to take a moment just to acknowledge our Dream Team. Uh, they are amazing. Uh, everything we do would not be possible without our Dream Team. So thank you so much, Dream Team. Um, give yourselves a hand. Thank you so much, Dream Team. Y'all seriously are amazing. Uh, but every month we have a dream team spotlight, and that 's just uh, just to acknowledge um, a couple of dream team members who, who go above and beyond, and just to let them know we 're truly thankful for them and this month, our dream team spotlight are uh, Dustin and Sherry Martin, uh, Dustin yes. Dustin is on our trailer team and our parking team, and Charity is with the, the kids' check-in. Uh, we're thankful for them. And really, uh, every month, our whole Dream Team is amazing. They really are. And it's so hard to pick um, a Dream Team spotlight. Uh, but this month, uh, it was a unanimous decision because last, last week, uh, Dustin Martin decided it would be a great idea to air up a trailer tire with a bicycle pump. I'm talking about a real bicycle pump, not, not a fake bicycle pump, if there's a such a thing, but a real bicycle pump. I can't even air up a bicycle tire with a bicycle pump. It's so hard, right? Is anybody else, is it, right? It's so hard. Why is it so hard? But he's out there just getting it on a trailer tire. And the funny thing is, he actually came to first service, and he comes up to me. and was like, that wasn't the first time I did that. I'm like, what? That wasn't the first time. How often do you air up tires with a bicycle pump? That's crazy. But uh, we're so thankful for all our Dream Team members and for all they do. They, they truly are amazing. Um, but let's jump in. Uh, if you would, please turn to 2 Kings 5. 2 Kings 5. I'm going to read uh, 1 through 3, and then I'm going to summarize some verses after that so we all know uh, what is going on in this scripture. All right, y'all ready? 2 Kings five one. The king of Aram had a great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him, the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though, y'all say, but though, (laughs) but though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. At this time, the Aramian raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives, was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. Just a mental note. Make a middle note. Uh, the, the maid was in Naaman's home in a private place. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophets in Samaria. He would heal him of leprosy. I'm going to summarize some verses. So Naaman ends up going. Elijah hears of Naaman coming and commands Naaman to come to his house. He summons him. Come to my house. So Naaman arrives. Elijah sends out a messenger to instruct Naaman. Hey, go dip in the Jordan River seven times and you'll be healed. And Naaman responds, uh, why can't you just wave your hand over me and command me to be healed? Or why are you telling me to use the Jordan River? Are the rivers of Damascus not nicer? Uh, Naaman ends up complying, and in that he receives his healing. And let me pray before we start. Uh, Father, we just, we just thank you for the service. We give you this service. Father, I thank you right now. We did not show up to hear a word from man, but, Father, to hear, to hear a word from you. So, Father, I thank you right now. Allow me to step out of the way, Father. Just have your way. We thank you right now for softening hearts, Father. We just ask you, speak to our hearts. And we ask nobody leave the same. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Uh, my wife loves makeup. How about men out there? Do do y'all know what I'm talking about? My wife loves makeup. I'm not talking about wears makeup. I'm not talking about buys makeup. I'm not even talking about having your favorite brands of makeup. I'm talking about my wife truly loves makeup. She loves makeup so much She'll waste a ridiculous amount of time watching YouTube videos strictly about makeup. They're really talking about makeup. That's all they're talking about. That's how much she loves makeup. Uh, I messed up this past week. She was watching one of her uh, YouTube videos, and I, I was looking along her. I was saying, "Well, what's she watching? Like I didn't already know. What is she watching? Makeup videos, of course. Uh, But I was watching along with her, and these these ladies on these YouTube channels are seriously talking about makeup, not even like how to apply makeup. I can understand that. You know, you want to pick up some tips, pointers, but they're just talking about it, (laughs) not even showing you how to apply it, but talking about it. So this particular video I was watching. Uh, they, were, they were showing you this little kit or whatever. A palette, I believe, is the technical term. A palette is what the technical term. They're showing you this palette. And, and in showing you this palette, they were swatching. And for the ones who don't know what swatching is, it's not that important, trust me. But for the ones who don't know what swatching is, it's a made-up word, I, I, I believe it is. Swatching is literally putting makeup on your forearm and showing somebody. That's a swatch, okay? So these, these women are swatching makeup on their arm just to do this while my wife is watching along. Like they're doing something. They're just doing this. And then they get her by saying, today, I'm going to swatch eight colors. So they do it eight times and do this. 30 minutes later, please subscribe and like my video. I'm like what is going on? Thirty minutes has passed, and they're just doing this to you, and you're watching along. That's how. But in watching these videos, I also figured out something else. Uh, there's actually two types of two types of people on these videos. The first type, you know, they wear makeup, uh, they use makeup. You can tell who they are. That's probably the majority of people. Then there's a the second category of people that are on these YouTube channels where they do it like a deep and complete transformation. I'm about deep and complete. Like you don't even know it's them if they show you their real face before they start the video. I'm like, who's that? It's a new girl. No, it's the same girl. Oh. <laughs> but don't say, uh, oh, to somebody in their face. Okay, don't, don't do that. Okay, don't do that. Side note, don't do that. But there's some people that do a complete transformation. Uh, does anybody know somebody that does a complete transformation? If you're sitting by them, don't raise your hand. Don't raise their hand. Do not raise your hand. Uh, years ago, I had a mowing company. Uh, not even company. Just I just mowed yards on the side. Um, I didn't want to sound too formal. I mowed yards on the side, guys. I, I'd mow yards for just extra spending money uh, and whatnot. But uh, one of my customers uh, that I mowed for, I known her for years. I well, be- I knew her well before I started mowing her yard. And I always thought to myself, uh, this, is a, this is a fairly attractive lady. You know, she clearly takes care of herself, uh, health-wise and appearance-wise. She's, a, she's an attractive lady. She's going to find her future husband, you know, soon. You know, she's attractive. Uh, well, so one day I went over there, um, and I'm, I'm clearly scarred from this. I remember this, <laughs> this day. But I went over there one Saturday. I had to get a jump on mowing uh, because me and my wife had uh, Saturday evening plans. So I went over there Saturday morning uh, to get a jump on mowing. I mowed mowed the yard. And then this lady comes out that I don't recognize. Uh, I'm like, who is this lady? Why is she coming out? So my first thought was, oh shoot, did I mow the wrong person's yard? (laughs) So I look around to make sure I'm at the right house. Look at the house, look at the yard. Yeah, I'm at the right house. Then my second thought: Well, maybe she sold the house and didn't tell me quit coming. I was like, well, I need to tell this lady I'm sorry for coming over and disturbing her. I said, like, get closer, actually get really close. I'm like, it's the same lady. It is the same lady. Then the third thought comes in my mind: She's really good at makeup. She should do makeup for a living. She should be a makeup artist. She would be so rich if she did that for a living. And then my fourth thought was, does anybody else know what this really looks like? Am I the only one that knows what this looks like uncovered? Am I the only one that has seen this uncovered? I believe, I believe if we look at Naaman in the text, I believe, I believe he was portrayed as a successful warrior. Won many battles. But who knew what Naaman looked like uncovered? The text says, but he had leprosy. He was well-mired. He clearly won many battles. That's what he wanted people to see. All while hiding the fact he had leprosy. I believe sometimes in our lives we get really good at portraying something all while hiding something else. Just like the lady, she always wanted people to see a perfectly made-up face. All while hiding the fact of what? I got to see. <laughs> uh, but I believe in our own lives, if we apply it to ourselves, we get so good at showing people one thing, all while hiding something else. So all while hiding something else. See, Nemo was really good to get people to gaze at his talents. Yeah. Gaze at what he was really good at. But he didn't want people to see the one condition that was bothering him. He didn't want people to see it. He covered up what he didn't want people to see. See, Naaman in the text, he was covering up a physical condition. But I believe as it applies to us, we cover up emotional conditions. So we want people to gaze at a certain area all while hiding an emotional condition we don't want people to know about. We get people to focus here while hiding here. What is your emotional condition, and what are you using to cover it up? What are you covering up, and what is your emotional condition? See, I believe sometimes we can use our own kids as our cover up. We strive for the image of the perfect parent. Never miss the practice. Never miss an event. The image of a perfect parent involved in all the activities, all yet hiding the fact our marriage is an emotional wreck. Or we hide behind our careers, just like Naaman, successful, many feats, admired. We can control our careers. Our careers are something controllable. But our home life is an emotional wreck. We feel like we can't control it. So we focus on our careers to be known, as a, to be successful in our field. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't want people to see our emotional condition at home. Right. Or we hide behind being the funny person, always joking. Every time a, a serious a topic comes up, we joke, we throw jokes out. We don't want, we make light of it. All the hide the fact that we are really hurting inside. Right. And we don't want people to know we hurt inside. Yeah. So we portray the image of not caring. Yeah. Come on, come on. Nothing bothers me. Come on. I'm the funny guy. Nothing bothers me. Uh, for me as a man, uh, it is much easier uh, to cover things up as well. Um, I don't like talking about my emotions. I've never woken up one Saturday and say, like, <laughs> babe... Let's just sit around and talk about emotions, all right? We don't got to go nowhere. Let's let's just let's talk about our emotions, all right? Okay, let's just get really deep, okay? No, I never do that. As a man, my first response to something's bothering me, I'm gonna cover up. I'm gonna you know submerge myself in ministry or submerge myself in you know a hobby. That's that's as a man, that's what I tend to do. But in my personal experience that always leads to more problems in the end. When we cover things up, it always leads to more problems later on. So today I want to talk to you about cover-ups and why cover-ups do not work. So if you're taking notes, I would love for you to title this Cover-Up. And I want to give you two reasons why cover-ups do not work. Why two reasons... Two reasons why cover ups don't work. Number one, it still affects the ones close to you. It still affects the ones close to you. I mentioned earlier, me and my wife, we are youth pastors here. And in our years of youth ministry, um, we learned. If I want to know the real you, all I got to do is ask your kids. That's all I got to do. Some of y'all are like, I'm going to quit sending my kids to youth. They're not going to know nothing about me. Banning them this week. They can't go to youth. But if I want to know the real you, all I got to do is ask your kids. So I want to ask you, is the church version of you the same you that your loved ones at home are getting? when you go into the workplace are your coworkers getting the same version of you that your loved ones at home are getting right. Come on. Come on. or maybe your friend circle the circle of friends that you run with do they get a certain version of you but then you go home and your loved ones are getting a different version of you but the truth is the, the ones that you love are the ones that see the real version yeah. they're getting the real version Naaman puts on all his armor to go to the battlefield. And that's all his buddies yeah. see. A suited up, successful warrior. Yeah. But it was his own home yeah. where his wife and the maidservant still saw the condition. Yeah, come on. So after you leave church, when you uncover, your loved ones are going to see the same condition. Come on. What condition are you covering up? Because your loved ones still feel it. The ones at home still are affected. See, we all have emotional conditions. That's we. Life happens. We all have emotional conditions. I'm not up here speaking, saying I don't have emotional conditions. We all do. Every one of us do. If we want to be honest. What we do with the emotional condition is up to us. That's right, come on. If we choose to cover it up, it's going to lead to more problems. Come on. But if we choose to address the emotional condition, I believe that leads to healing. Yes. So, what are you doing with the emotional condition? What are you doing with the emotional condition? Because we've all heard a saying we always tend to hurt our loved ones. Why is that so? They get the real version of us. They get the real version of us. Some of us refuse to uh, go to community groups because we already know this point. We don't want anybody else to get close to us right. to be able to see the real condition. Right. Come on. We refuse to let anybody in because we don't want them to see the real condition of, of ourselves. But I tell you this, God cannot heal something you're not willing to reveal. God can't heal it if you won't reveal it. God cannot heal it if you won't reveal it. There, the Bible tells us uh, a woman, she had an issue of blood. And the issue of blood uh, was basically speaking of a menstrual cycle. She had an issue of blood for 12 years. For 12, the women said, ooh we <laughs> uh, For 12 years. So in, that, in the Bible time period... Uh, basically, she was looked at as unclean, yeah. an outcast. Yeah. Uh, she didn't need to be in public. Uh, she needed to separate herself from public. She needed to be basically hidden uh, outside of public. She didn't need to uh, intermingle with the public. Uh, she hears of Jesus. She hears of Jesus, and she, she decides she's going to go into public. Yeah. She's going to go into the public and meet this Jesus. Well, if we put, our shoe, if we put ourselves in her shoes... It actually took a lot of courage yeah. right. to come out of hiding, because she knew the minute she'd come out of hiding, she's going to expose herself of the real condition that she had. Come on. Right. So she goes into this public place with the risk of exposing her real condition just simply in order to present it to a Jesus. Come on. So Jesus cannot do anything until we reveal it to him. So she goes into this public place and says, "Jesus, I'm here. Here's my condition." Help me. Yes. Come on. I'll leave Jesus speaking to some of you today. Yes. Yes. He says, I already know what it is. I'm waiting for you to say, here it is. Come on. Yes, that's right. oh, that's There's a story of a man with a withered hand in the Bible. And Bible times, if you had deformity, uh, you're basically frowned upon. Um, nowadays, it's not so. But in the Bible times, this is how it was. You had deformity. Uh, it was you know, something of embarrassment. A man with the withered hand. So I imagine, it doesn't give us the details, but I imagine if he had a withered hand, he would probably walk around with it covered up. Yeah, right. You know, I don't feel him walking down the street. Withered hand, guys. <laughs> withered hand. Got one right here. Withered hand. Got one. Who's got one? <laughs> going once, going twice. Withered hand. I don't, I don't imagine him going out and proclaiming he had a withered hand. Right. I imagine him walking down the street quietly with it covered up, you know, maybe covering up under his, his wardrobe, but, or maybe just simply covering up with his arm. I imagine him covering up somehow. So Jesus looks at him and commands him to stretch out his hand. So Jesus commands him, so that means he probably did have it covered up. And then second, Jesus already knew the condition under there before before he stretched it out. Jesus commands him to stretch out his withered hand. Jesus already knew it was withered. Jesus already knows what's bothering you. He's instructing you to stretch it out. Let him see it. Let him do something with it. Jesus commands him to stretch it out. So he has to expose it. He has to expose the embarrassment. He has to expose the shame. He has to expose the hurt. But in that instant, his hand became healed. Jesus cannot heal something until you expose it to him. You must reveal it to him. Jesus cannot do something until you you reveal it to him. I know in my own life, Jesus has never operated in any area that I did not allow him to operate. Right, come on. Jesus has never just taken over an area. He always waits for me to invite him into the area. He always waits for me to show him that area. Just like the man with the withered hand, he already knew about the area. He was waiting for me to stretch it out to him. And I believe Jesus speaking to some of you today, just saying, he already knows. I'll tell you this, he already knows. Just because you got to cover up on it, Jesus still knows. He's just waiting for you to stretch it out to him. He's just waiting for you to stretch it out. Problem number two. Problem number two, why cover-ups don't work. Problem number two, why cover-ups do not work. What is concealed will eventually come out. What is concealed will eventually come out. So I was hanging out with my youngest daughter uh, this past This past week, I was on dad duty, dad duty. I love dad duty in the name of Jesus. I love me some dad duty. Speaking of existence, right? Love me some dad duty. I saw, I was on dad duties watching, uh, watching both girls. Uh, the good thing is my oldest is pretty self-sufficient. Uh, she, I throw some gummies at her every once in a while. She disappears, comes back easy. I got to figure it out. Got to figure it out. Uh, my youngest uh, is not so easy. She's, uh, she's like the beauty and the beast, but in one person. <laughs> like, she's beauty, but then she's like the beast. So I don't even know. She is. She, that's why y'all need to pray for me. She is something else. But we were watching TV, and, uh, and my wife uh, recently taught her how to do a squinty face. It's the cutest face. It really is. Uh, so she does a squinty face uh, where she squints her eyes. Um, I would do it, but y'all wouldn't see my eyes after I squinted my eyes. So I'm not going to do it, okay? Uh, but she does the squinty eyes. And, uh, and basically, her squinty eyes is a squinty eyes slash smiling, smiling face. So she's happy. She does the squinty eyes. Uh, there's only one problem with the squinty eyes. It looks like I'm using the restroom face as well. So now I'm like, are you happy? Or you're not happy. <laughs> Are you happy or should I be sad that you're using the restroom? So So the faces look the same. So we were watching TV and, and I think we we're watching Sophia the First, her favorite show. And she was in a squinty eyes at the TV. And so I thought, well great, she's this show's clearly entertaining her. She's laughing. I'm a parent. I'm a I'm a great parent. Babysit my kid, Sophia the First. <laughs> So she's doing his squinty eyes at the TV. So I, thought she was, uh, I thought she was just smiling at the TV. But I went ahead and did the dad check, uh, where you just dive in and take a peek. So I, I dove in, did a peek, didn't see anything. I was like, oh yeah, she's smiling. I got this. As time goes on, I thought, well, something stinks. I better check again. I'm going to do a double check just in case. So I do the dad dive again, where I dive in, peek. No, nothing's there. As time goes on, I'm like, some, somebody, either she made a mess or I made a mess, but somebody in this room made a mess and I'm gonna get down to the bottom of it. I'm gonna get down to the bottom of it. So by that time, after some time elapsed, I went, oh, I'm oh i just gonna take off her diaper completely and just to know. And sure enough, she made a mess. She made a mess. See what the problem was, even though it was concealed from me, the mess was, the mess was still there. Even though I didn't see it, didn't mean the mess was not there. I believe sometimes in life when we open doors too, when we don't deal with our emotional condition, our mess falls out. Uh, me and my wife, we have a set of lockers in our living room. And this is our catch-all locker. Like if I know you're coming to my house, I throw everything in there. I want everything. My kids, their, their stuff, like everything in there. So if you come to my house, there's a liability waiver. Don't touch the lockers, okay? <laughs> Do not, they're hazardous. Don't touch them. But we throw everything in there. Uh, and we've been in this, in this house about two and a half years now. So it's got two and a half years worth of clutter in the lockers. Um, so every time people come over, default. Start throwing stuff in. And uh, uh, so, but the problem with my system is every time I open the locker, every time I open the door... Mess just falls out. I'm talking about avalanche, like on top of me. Uh, some, some of the toys we have are really heavy. And literally, I've had them where well, they hit my toe. Bad news, bad news. But, but every time I open the door, a mess falls out. And I believe some of y'all have a locker for your emotional conditions. Every time you open a new door, the mess just begins to fall out. Some of y'all change jobs, not because the jobs are bad. There's nothing wrong with the jobs. You've had one job in the past, leave, a, leave an emotional condition on your life. Every time you open the door to start a new career, your mess falls out. So it sabotages your current job. Some of y'all church hop. I'm going to step on some toes right here. Some of y'all church hop. There's nothing wrong with their preaching. There's nothing wrong with the worship. There's nothing wrong with the people. But if you've let a church way in the past leave an emotional condition on your life, that when you open the door to try a new church, just a mess comes out and you've already got a bad vibe about the church. Some of you have unresolved issues from your childhood. And then now you're parents yourselves. You're letting that unresolved issues just pile out as you try to parent your own kids. Right, come on it eventually comes out. Right, right. Cover-ups don't work because they eventually, the stuff eventually comes out over time. Over time. Some of you, your marriage doesn't look good because you have some unresolved emotional conditions from your previous marriage that you never took care of. Come on, come on. And when you open that door to enter into another marriage, that mess just begin to pile out wow. come on. on top of your current marriage. Anything unresolved will eventually come out. So now what? So now what? Maybe you're here today and and you've been using a cover-up and you're ready to do something about it, you're ready to, to reveal it, you're ready to become vulnerable. How do we do that? How do we allow God to heal? I have three steps. Three steps. Uh, there's clearly more than three steps. If you Or I could go on and on. But I want to give you three practical steps on how to allow God to heal. Number one. This one's simple. But a lot of people get caught up on this one. Let God in. It sounds simple. But a lot of people have trouble with this one. We're good with allowing God into a certain area of our life. Right. But we don't want God to mess with this area. Yeah. We're really good at asking God to bless this area. But never asking Him to help us in this area. See, the truth is, God wants us to flourish yeah. in all areas of our life. Right. Come on. He doesn't want us to have successful careers with failing marriages. He doesn't want us to have great marriages with failing careers, vice versa. He wants all areas to be blessed. That's right. But he won't come in unless you invite him in. That's right. he, won't, he won't come in unless you invite him in. So whatever conditions, whatever hurt, whatever pain, the first step is you have to invite him in. That's you have to invite him in. Have to invite him in. Allow God into your weakness and your pain. I know in my own life when I feel like I'm not being the best husband or the best father I'm quick to reveal it to God I was like God I don't know what I'm doing help me help me I'm not a I'm not a I don't know how to be a godly husband I don't know how to be a godly father God this is my weakness I don't know what I'm doing help me I can do ministry all day long but help me in my home life Help me. Ask God for help. Let him in. Let him in. Number two. Take the limit off God. Take the limit off God. I believe sometimes we're like Naaman in the text. Naaman goes and seeks help. But then he tells them how he wants to answer. Right. God, I need help. But don't send it that way. Yeah. Right. Come on. Naaman, I need help. But why can't you just wave your hand over me and heal me? Right. Come on. Naaman, I need help. Why can't I use the Damascus River? Why are you telling me use the Jordan River? Right. Come on. God, I need help. Why can't you just heal me? Why are you telling me go community group? Come on. God, I need help. God, why can't you just heal me? Why are you telling me to join the dream team and serve others, which will lead to my healing? That's not the way I wanted it, God. Take the limits off God. Take the limits off God. Your answer may not come the way you want it. You must take the limits off God. My third point, final point. There may be process. There may be process. See, faith faith is a journey, not a destination. Right. Faith is a journey, not a destination. So if it's a journey, we're all on a process of faith. Naaman was instructed to, to dip seven times. I believe each time he dipped, he was allowing God to work in him. Yeah, yeah. The same applies to our own lives. Each time, we, each time we agree to go on this journey, even if it's a small step, I believe God does something in us. Yes. But we must be willing to step. Come on. I believe as we walk out this faith thing, God is beginning to work in us. Uh, Pastor Brian says he becomes a better husband each year. Yeah. I believe that should be all our declarations. Yeah. We should become better each step. We should allow God to to help us each step we take. I believe we should all become better husbands, better wives, better fathers, better mothers. That should be our declaration as well. Because it's a process. And in a process, I believe if we allow God to work in us, he'll bring us to our destination. He'll bring us to our destination. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you'd like to contribute financially, you can go online to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com.